Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the Love of Pomegranate podcast is brought to you today in association with the Who Knows Wins app. Do you have somebody in your family or in your life who thinks they are the absolute Nostradamus of guessing all the scores correct and all the games, getting all the results correct on any given weekend? Well, the Who Knows Wins app will be a way of you calling their bluff. What it is, is it's a social sports game where mates, friends, family, colleagues, you may name it, can pit their wits against each other for real money. But most importantly, for the all-important bragging rights of being that person who knows just that bit more about sports than everybody else. Um, you can use the app for free. It is a free app to download from the iOS and from the Android store. Um, if you don't have a custom league that you've set up yourself, don't fear. You can always play in in-app leagues as well with the community that is there. And you can join one of those, just like this week's Pick 10 League has a £6,000 prize fund. That might be something that might interest you as well. You can keep on top of all the live action within the application with live updates and live score updates in real time, which is really, really handy. And so far, since its inception, over £2 million have been won on the application itself. Just a couple of things to mention too. You need to be 18 years or over to use the application. Application is available in the UK, so some of our listeners outside the UK may not be able to, to avail of this application. And lastly, please, 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 please remember to gamble responsibly. So thank you once again to Who Knows Wins application. And now, let's go back to the podcast. So it's... Uh all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello there, everybody, and where the hell is our background gone to? There it is. How's everyone doing? Um, Here for Leeds preview. We're a bit late in getting this Leeds preview to you, but never never fear. We're here. Better late than never. 
So uh, so we said we said we pop on half nine seems like a, a nice time and literally just as uh, as I was coming out here to the podcasting cave, um, Real Madrid banged one in to make it two one. I was going, oh, the match is kind of interesting. No, <laughs> so <laughs> I peel myself up off the couch. It's been one of those days, but um, it's look, I, I'm I'm delighted to be able to talk about Villa Leeds because you know there's never a dull moment in a Villa Leeds game, Paddy, and uh, and I'm sure that tomorrow is going to be exactly the same. Even though Leeds no longer have their uh, mad scientist as uh, as a coach, yeah, and not necessarily a good thing for us, is it? It'll uh, time will tell, I suppose. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, sound bites about this new manager. I confess that I know very little about him. So I've heard people calling him everything from a head case to Ted Lasso. So I, I honestly haven't had time to. Bless myself, let alone uh, look up what kind of uh, a manager he is or what, what to expect from him. But uh, they did put in a, a fairly decent performance against um, against Leicester the weekend. I saw a little bit of it while I was uh, standing in the whole suite with Kieran O'Callaghan on Saturday afternoon through my uh, little bit of drunken haze. But sure, all was good. Yeah, they, they played well against Leicester, and I think a lot of. We'll, we'll focus first on Leeds because, um, like, I, I couldn't even tell you whether they're going to play four at the back or they're going to play three at the back. I couldn't tell you who's going to be injured, who's not going to be injured. Like, they might have Calvin Phillips, might hardly going to be back. They might have Liam Cooper back. They might have Laurente back, which would be a big shot in the arm for them for their uh, for their back four. Um, they might have Bamford back. They might not have Bamford back. He was on the bench the last day. Some people were saying that you know that he might make the bench to, on um, on Thursday night. You know, it's 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 a bit of a strange situation. But you mentioned about Jesse Marsh, and he's for me like he's 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 basically he's kind of a product as as he's, he's he was probably the last. Sorry, I'll use English because I just completely forgot how to talk there for the last 15 <laughs> seconds. Red Bull, the Red, the Red Bull kind of sports academy and stuff like that, and, and the Red Bull project, obviously, start, he started off over there. Well, he didn't start off, but he, he joined it uh, with, with New York Red Bulls. And I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to see if they were able to make a coach. And, and I did a bit of reading up on this, and obviously he went Red Bull, uh, the New York Red Bulls over there, and then he came over to Salzburg, and then obviously Salzburg, he was elevated into the position then of uh, of the Leipzig manager. And things were going fantastic, and he he won what was put in front of him in the in the Austrian league, and and pretty much put Salzburg back on the map again. Um, and then he moved up to Leipzig, and then they pulled the trigger really quickly on him, really mm. quickly on him, and it just kind of for a like Red Bull aren't known for that. Like Red Bull aren't known for they're not known for for kind of, you know, you know, getting rid of things too early. They're 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 okay to let the experiment pan out and see how it goes. You see it with their Formula One team, you see it with you know, even I went to one of the one of the best events I've ever been to in my whole entire in my whole entire life was the Red Bull Cliff Diving Championships here in the Iron Islands in Ireland. They come over every year. And it was unbelievable. Like, they just tried this mad stuff. But they never, never, never allowed him any kind of betting in time at Leipzig. And that always, yeah. that always kind of, I found it strange because he's not a bad manager. Not at all a bad manager. And uh, I just wonder why it didn't work out there. And, and there was nothing ever really made of it afterwards. 
Nagelsmith obviously was to Nagelsmann, should I say, obviously goes to Barcelona or to Bayern Munich, and then Jesse Marsh gets the gig at Leipzig, and then he gets canned, I think, after something like 24 games. Um, so he's a good coach, he really is. And and it's going to be really interesting to see what he does with Leeds. But still, saying that the second game, first game, second game over the club, first game at home, it's just going to be really interesting to see what he does because he has mm. all his attacking prowess. Maybe won't have Bamford, but <clears throat> we'll still have all the same attackers. But you know what he does, what he does uh, in defence is going to be really, really interesting because that's where Leeds really need to shore up. Well, it's, it's just it's just typical of us to get. I just saw someone in the comments reminding me that Newcastle got their first game at home with their manager against us, and now Leeds are getting the same thing. So, uh, <laughs> wow, three one Madrid is that correct? That's mad. And there was me. Mm-hmm. I knew I shouldn't have peeled myself up off the couch to do a podcast. I should have waited. I'm not always late anyway. I should have been even more late than I normally am. <laughs> <laughs> But sorry, Paddy, you were going on there about Leeds. Apologies. Yeah, so the someone in the comments there, uh, it's, it's gone past me there, but they, they, they correctly said Newcastle got the manager bounce against us, got their first match at home, beat us, and now we've got Leeds with their first match at home where the crowd are... I know they have a plan to sing Bielsa's name for most of the game tomorrow, mm. and and so be it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the players will be giving them a bounce with, with, a, with a decent atmosphere considering the fans don't have much uh, love for us at all. So um, I'm looking forward to the game, but I, I have a feeling I'll be looking looking through my fingers at it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be frantic enough, I'd say. But I think I think where the game is won and lost for Leeds is if they can conjure up some chances because that seems to be their downfall at the moment. They just they just can't get goals. They're very leaky at the back. They're, they're missing their leader there, Liam Cooper, as well. So mm. uh, there's, a, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things at play here. Um, you know, we could have we could see Bamford back. Phillips is in around the squad. Does he risk them? I don't know. I think there's I think there's bigger fish to fry for her down the line than bringing someone back for one game and getting them injured. So I could see why they didn't bring on Bamford the other night. I just couldn't see why he was in the squad in the first place if he wasn't fit enough. So yeah, <clears throat> to me that was a bit strange. And and maybe he was just named in the squad just to give the fans a bit of hope that things are changing and things are are coming back. So. We'll we'll just have to wait and see what what they throw at us, but uh, I'm expect I'm expecting us to do very little different, other than perhaps bring in the um, bring in the guys that were missing at the weekend through COVID or whatever it was. Yeah, I I, I think yeah we'll get into the Villa team in a moment because there's there's a lot of discussion points over that. To you know we we've got a short turnaround between Thursday and Sunday. And you know we've got essentially got three day, three games in seven days, mm. um. So we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. But with Leeds, I I think one of the keys for Leeds at the moment. I I did uh, the Just Joe Football Show. He's um he's a Leeds fan, and and, and there was a couple. Well, basically, there, there were all Leeds fans on it from um Oscar Marino's on as well, and um they were taught. Well, I I asked them a question. While I was on the podcast, and I said to them, "Look, obviously Luke Gaining is a cult hero at, at Leeds, like absolutely loved by, by Leeds. He's, he, mm-hmm. you know, Leeds fans absolutely adore him. But is the time coming whereby he has to make a decision on what his actual position is, considering he's thirty years of age?" And I got a, I got the strangest response. Not the strangest, but I got a, I got a real honest, I suppose, response. And you know, I would have found it difficult to give an honest response based on how much of a, how much of a hero that Luke Gaining is. 
And they basically, Joe basically said to me, he goes, I think this is his last year as a starter. And I, that kind of took me back. But then I remembered how Coutinho kind of ran for him or ran at him or kind of dragged him around the place when he played it right back the last day. And I think it's going to be really interesting for, for Jesse Marsh if he does play Ailing, like he played him in centre half against Leicester. Now, they're obviously without Diego Rente. They were, they were without. Um, Without Cooper. Ian Cooper as well, but um, he played him at centre half with uh, Pascal Strike, and he played played cock in midfield. Mm. I wonder does he do that again? And I think that's probably their best option because if yeah. he reverts the ailing out at the right uh, out in the right at right back, I just don't think it's going to work for them. I really don't. I think Stuart Dallas is another player. Like with Bielsa, the position of fluidity that they were able to have because of their high-pressing game. And it was essentially, if you see a spot, fill it. That's the way that Bielsa more or less played, you know, specifically in defence. Um, and I don't think they can do that anymore um, without having Bielsa at the helm. And I mm-hmm. think if they are going to become more structured, Stuart Dallas has to make a decision on his position which looks to be right back. And Luke Ayling is going to have to move into the centre. But it's going to be really interesting because, as I said, Jesse Marsh did, did um, revert to three at the back during his time at, at Leipzig as well for, for a short period of time. And, um, you know, he could very easily do that. He could go back to the three at the back system again for, for Leeds because, as I say, he's only there a wet week at the moment. And, and, and he's going to want to, like if he's Laurente back, who's to say he doesn't play Laurente and Ayling either side of strike? You know, so it's 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 going to be a really interesting one because their their front four more as picks itself. You have to think they don't have Bamford. And they're going to play James up top. They're going to play Harrison, Rodrigo, and Rafina behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's it's that's just the way it's going to go. They don't even have Tyler Roberts to bring in. Now they might play Joe Gellhart. They might bring him in there somewhere. He might maybe he starts at the top of the um of the four, and uh, maybe Jack Harrison comes out. Dan James goes to the left, Rafinha to the right, Rodrigo to the middle. Maybe Jan, Dan James goes through the middle. Um, and could see uh, Rodrigo, as well. We could see yeah. Forshaw included in there as well. Yeah, well, I I don't I I think that I think that he's going to play a click and cook. Um, there as the two holding midfielders because mm. you know there's there's certain players that always have great games against Villa and granted he didn't in the last game that we played but usually Matthias Click plays brilliant against Aston Villa <laughs> um, so I'd prefer if he didn't play him but uh, you never know yeah. um, it, it could be the situation as long as Junior Firpo is played because I've won a pile of money off him this year betting on Junior, Junior Firpo to get booked Pile of money. He's played 14 <laughs> games. He's been booked eight times. It's just like it's he's gonna put my child through college, I'd say, at this stage. If he keeps going the way he's gonna go. Um so that's uh, that it, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see. Like the team she tanks him tomorrow, I'll nearly be focusing more on Leeds than I will be on Aston Villa. Well, look, I, to be honest with you, there's a there's a lot of discussion going on there in the comments, right? About uh changing the team. I think I think if Luca Dean is fit, he comes straight back in because you're you're talking about playing uh, Ashley Young twice in five days in at at, at left back uh, at 36 years of age. Now we we could be doing him with the service; he could be up for it. But uh, I'd bring him back in f- for sure. Um, Esri Conza, that's that's debatable. I got a lot of stick last week for saying Callum Chambers was a baller. I think they can start eating their words now <laughs> after that pass last weekend. So, look, Callum Chambers did, didn't do anything wrong. I thought the team did very well. I don't I don't see where a change is going to be made other than at left back. 
I think I think the two of them come back in. I think Kanza comes back in. Possibly. I think, comes Possibly. Back in. Yeah. I, think I think the two of them come back in. Remember, guys, as well that look, and uh, as I said it before, big fan of Courtney House, but like Courtney House had, had a good game against Manchester United and then he tailed off again as he played more games in a row. And the calls for Courtney House, even from me to say we gotta have him in there, they dissipated. So Let's like take nothing away from Callum Chambers, but Ezri Kanza, Tyrone Mings is a fantastic, is, is our top partnership. You know, it is. And Luca Dean mm. is our best left back. Um, that's that's just that, that that's the way yeah. I would do it. Who knows? Maybe Stephen Gerrard says, listen, you know, we won't break up a winning team, we'll play the same, and we might just bring even bring in Dean in as at left back. I, I think there's no way he doesn't play Dean at left back. I think that's nailed on, guaranteed. 100%. Well, well, the only the only the only mitigating factor there is if if they if they both had COVID. Are they are they match fit to play? And that that would be the mitigating factor with Dean not starting for me. Other than that, I think he's a shoe in. Mm. And we don't even know if it was some kind of close contact or or some false positive or whatever, because it was you really only it was with a quick turnaround. Though you'd have to think it was considering they were at the ground and it was a quick turnaround. I'd imagine well, it, it was a pre-game test that they came up positive in, and because mm. I think I think it's five days, so. It's it's really strange. I don't know. Uh, um, we'll probably hear more about it tomorrow night. Imagine so. I imagine. Mm. Well, there must be no non symptomatic anyway, because if they were fucked with it for the last couple of days, they're hardly going to come out and say that they're available for selection today uh, on Thursday. So, mm. um, I I I think Dina starts. I think even eighty percent fit Dina starts. Um, I. I just uh, like he, he marshaled Rafinha really well, really well the last time, and let's he just did. hope he can he do did. that again. Yeah. He did it mm-hmm. for Everton as well. I remember it was one thing that I said because I was on, I was on at Leeds podcast as well prior to the first game, and the one thing they said was that they were disappointed to see that Dina moved to Villa. It was you know he just I won't say just moved to Villa, but um he'd only been there a couple of weeks, and they said that they were disappointed to see that because of the fact that uh, he matches up well with Rafinha. Um, down that wing so long mm-hmm. may continue who knows Rafinha is absolutely superb like, but um, hopefully he doesn't find his legs again against us uh, tomorrow night but um, looking at the Villa team I think if there's any change there and I think it will come in the midfield three I think he might I think maybe he might rotate out Ramsey or someone like that maybe Luis I, I just don't see him rotating out Douglas Luis at the moment because of the specific role that he plays Some you can whether you think he plays it well or whether you think he doesn't play it well, there is just isn't really anybody else in in other than young Tim and and Marvellous Nakamba who's out injured. Sansan doesn't play that position, I'm afraid. Yeah. But if you do want to see Sansan in the team, you could see him in there instead of instead of a Jacob Ramsey. Um, he's a full deck to shuffle, you know, so um, he can uh, he can bring in whoever he wants. The only one that's out is Marvellous Nakamba. Bertrand Troy is back. Of course, he was on the bench. Um, Bailey, I, I, I think it's interesting what Stephen Gerrard said in the in the press conference today. Number one, um, he made a made a big point out of not like he said that Philip Coutinho, you know, is enjoying his football. He's playing well. He feels fit. He feels feels loved at the club. That's all good. That's all manager speak. But then what he went into was talking about that it was a front tree that the front tree had been working together. So everybody was making a big deal, and the reporters were making a big deal out of Ings and Watkins. And he was going, hold on a minute, Ings and Watkins have, and Coutinho are my front tree. So I enjoyed that, and I liked the way that he spoke about that. 
But I also thought that it could have been a bit of a smokescreen for a bombshell that could be coming down the line whereby he actually plays with wingers at some stage. I don't know why I got that. He made a big point out of talking about playing with two tens and a nine and playing with two nines and a ten and stuff like that. And and I think if Leon Bailey or a Bertrand Troyd come into this team, they don't play uh, like like you can't get him into the team if you play Watkins and Ings up there as well. No. So so that kind of fluidity he made a big deal out of, out, of, out of the horses for courses kind of argument that he was uh, he was trying to put across today. And I just wonder, I just wonder if maybe we see Leon Bailey start maybe not this weekend, maybe against Arsenal on Sunday or something like that because he's somebody who's working his way back into fitness and maybe they want to get him game time before he goes off uh, with with Jamaica for a couple of couple of weeks. That's a possibility. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't see any changes in that front three this weekend. Um, and I, I'm not sure who somebody was suggesting there that they they rest uh, they rest the little magician. I don't think that's going to happen either. I think it was John Steele said it there in the comments. Um, I, I don't see any changes in for other other than those two people coming back in that were out with COVID. I, ju- I just think it would be absolute madness. And don't get me wrong, the, the like I watched. You gave me homework to do with the match, and I watched it int- intently. The the midfield. There's no way and... you remember what went on in that match, Perry. There's no way. You, <laughs> but, there's but... video evidence of you after the game. You know that. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I might joke it. You might joke it. But it was incredible to watch uh, the the likes of Ramsey and McGinn, who are very influential, usually just letting the boys do their work. Mm. And then if the ball broke, they were there and they were breaking up play, or they were getting in the way, and they were. M- Making balls go sideways when they, they should be going forward, it was just it was just brilliant. So you know, I I honestly don't think there's going to be any changes. Like everyone's gone, Jacob Ramsey had a very quiet game. Yeah, and nothing happened down his side when he needed to cover. He covered. He didn't make any blocks, but he slowed down the play. He 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 made that when well, he did make a couple of blocks, but he slowed down the play and made them play the ball backwards or inside, and that's what they seemed to do throughout the whole game and completely nullified the attack. And that's like the try-hard nature of this team. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say say what when we were getting our fullbacks really, 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 really far forward, people were in positions they were uncomfortable with. At times, McGinn was there, Luis was there, Ramsey was there. They were all in in, in positions they were uncomfortable with. And then it becomes a, a try-hard kind of aspect to their game, you know, trying to do something that maybe you're not comfortable with, and and you're not putting your players in the best position to to succeed. Since the fullbacks have played in a more fullback position, actually, in, in fairness, looking at the two maps that they from the last two games, it's funny that they they actually look like fullbacks from where their average position is, which is uh, uh, call me old fashioned, but I like to see my fullbacks sometimes defend, you know, because that mm. wasn't happening before, and it was completely it was complete isolation for Mings and for for Kanza and for Chambers when he was played there. So. Um, the fact that we've been able to play the two the two lads up front, Dings and Watkins, means that we're getting our width from there because one of them does pull wide quite often. Coutinho is getting the space in the middle of midfield, which is fantastic. And McGinn and Ramsey, as you just as you said, McGinn and Ramsey can just go about doing what they do best. Yeah, Ramsey isn't driving forward with the ball and he's hasn't scored in however many games last two last three or four games or whatever it is like that, but. You know, it's 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 the team effort. It's 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 about being a more solidified kind of um, midfield than uh, than we were previously. Because it's all well and good Ramsey scoring one or two goals if we're leaking them and we're losing goals at the back. Mm. You know, so um, 
things like that will come. But but for the time being, you know, uh, fullbacks they're good enough to get up, but they are also good enough to get back as well. So let's see them get back and defend too, because uh, it was very very kamikaze stuff. Uh, for a three or four game period there where our fullbacks were so, so high. And thank God that that has been fixed anyway, at least if nothing else. Um, yeah, and, and how it's been fixed, it's been brilliant. Last couple of weeks have been amazing. The, the, the transformation between those two games where we were, or even even the three games, if you count the Leeds one, um, you know, a team that can't score goals comes in and scores three against us. <laughs> you know, it just... The, the, the alarm bell should have been ringing at that stage and, and then we go and lose two games that we should have won and now we've potentially won two games that we maybe shouldn't have won but we won them well so he got the system right we got to we got to pat him on the back when uh, when it goes right and uh, as you, what do you say patting the patting the back is six inches away from a kick in the arse so yeah. he, he gets that wrong tomorrow night and all of a sudden we're kicking him on the arse again but you know, if if we like like I watched that so on Saturday and I did not feel that we got out of third gear. It really just felt like we had more to offer there. I just thought we were absolutely really? excellent across the park. It would just it just seemed measured and pedestrian and it was just like, you know, take your time, take your time, this is coming, this is coming, and it came. And thankfully we scored early because once we scored early we never looked in any danger. Look, don't want to say that I called it before the game, but when, get, when we do score early, we look a completely different team. We've mm. And same even under Dean Smith. Remember that game against Arsenal last year, was it? We scored first 90 seconds and then just had a complete and utter siege mentality then for the rest of the game. Uh, was it Arsenal, I think? We won 1-0. You know, um, it, this team is... I was going to say this team is better at holding a lead, but just uh, just look at um, at the Leeds game that we played when we played yeah. the last time, and look at the Wolves game earlier on in the season. Uh, so that would have been a pretty stupid comment to make. Uh, but we are we're better when we score first. You know, when Watkins got the got, got the early goal, um, the tails were up. And uh, when you've got, I know we haven't paid anything for Coutinho yet, but when you've got a hundred million worth of worth in three strikers up there, one of which is the third most expensive striker or, or most expensive player ever. You know, you kind of want to be utilizing them um, and you want to be getting them into the game early. But it's, look, it's not, it's not rocket science. We called it after the Watford game, after the, after the Newcastle game. Literally, get Coutinho space, things will happen. And they've started to find Coutinho space and guess what? Things are happening. You know, we've mm-hmm. scored six, conceded none in the last two games. And we've had five different goal scorers from the last six goals. So um, <laughs> that's great. You know that's that's what you want. You want to spread them around. You want to spread yeah. them around amongst your amongst your your strikers and your forward players, and uh, you know, long may that continue. A mm. uh, couple of comments there. So just to go through, go through a couple of comments. Um, but but what Dermot says, uh, do you think we should stick with the same team as Saturday or bring back who was missing? Played really well on Saturday, and yeah, look, I can see an argument for both of them. Uh, for for both situations, look, it's a good com- it's a good conversation to be having because. Um, you know, I don't think there's. I, I think Dina is just that much. He's just so much better than Young. That for and P, look, you guys know my opinion on Ashley Young. He did a fine job at the weekend, but I don't want him to be there for four, three or four games in a row. I just don't think he has it in him. Don't think he has three games in the space of seven days in him either. Uh, we bring back Luca Dean in there. I I, I think it's definitely yeah. what are the Callum Chambers, the concept piece. I'm open to. 
what was convincing and that I think that the Kanza, I think Kanza comes back in there just because I think he's the better player. Um, conversely, though, uh, Nathan has said that he, I would put, I would not put Kanza back in because Chambers has done enough to keep his place. Would Kanza have made that pass to Coutinho? I don't think he has that pass in him. And and I think you're right. I don't think he has that pass in him. But that doesn't make him a better defender in my book. No, it, do, it doesn't make him starting. It does. It doesn't make him a better defender. And and look, the, there there is the logic in saying, uh, you know, don't don't change it, uh, a winning team. Chamber, Chambers for me, I thought has been excellent in the last two games. I, I know I got pelters last week for saying it, and I don't know why because a few people messaged me and said that was harsh. <laughs> I got pelters on Twitter, but look, it's it, it, it's a matter of opinion. But I I thought Chambers was excellent. I thought he was excellent the weekend. He just looks so comfortable. He has he has a range of passes. Nobody saw that pass coming to Coutinho. That was just no. incredible. Super you know, when it when when everybody settled down from the limbs flying left, right, and center, uh, we look up at the screen at the replay and we go, "I thought that was Coutinho <laughs> playing the ball over the top." Because if Coutinho did it, we'd be talking about it for six weeks. Yeah, but instead, instead, it was our, our center half, which is absolutely amazing. Great problem to have, as I say, you know, and. Could be a steal of a signing, and, and I'm okay. I'm okay if he starts. I'm okay if he starts to, on Thursday. Absolutely no problem with Callum Chambers starting Thursday. I, I just think that he brings back in Kanza for sure. But mm. once again, great problem to have, you know, and great to have uh, to have a manager that, that that has the confidence to play him and be vindicated with, one or, with his last one or two performances, which is great. Uh, Carmack Grady says. Thank you very much, first of all, Carmack. Thanks a million for the uh, for the super chat. Lads, Man City's last game is versus Villa. Jared is going to win Liverpool League after all. I I actually think I think I mentioned that on the on the Leeds podcast we were doing because I was asked. It, it was more so a podcast about the whole Premier League as well. It got into that kind of conversation, and uh, I was asked who will win Villa or who will win Liverpool or or Man City who will win the league. And I think Liverpool will win. That's what I said. I think we could have a say in it in the very last day of the season. And uh, it was exactly that. That's what I said. I said it would be great to see Man City come to Villa Park and maybe Villa hold them to a nil or to a, a rip roaring one all draw or something like that. Rear guard action. Grealish slumps slumps to his knees at the final whistle as Liverpool put six against whoever they're playing that day, and Liverpool <laughs> win the league on goal difference. What uh, what a situation that will be! Um, but it could very easily happen. You're dead right. Mm. You're dead right. Um, Here's one small, slightly off topic. Terror synthesizer says, "Will we keep Chukwueka next season, Paddy?" Uh, short answer is yes. I, I, I don't believe uh, a player of that quality is is going to go anywhere better than Aston Villa and get a run. So I, th- I think he, I think he'll stay and and keep his uh, progression moving forward. Now he may stay and see out his contract. I don't know what kind of guy he is. That could very well happen. But the short answer is, I think he will. Yeah. Penny, back to the Chambers uh, conversation. Drop Chambers and you send a bad message to the dressing room. Agree or disagree? Um, good question. Do I, I, I neither agree or disagree. I get exactly what Ray is saying. Um, but, you know, like if you if you ask everyone in those comments who's our first choice centre-halves, it's, it's Mings and it's Konza. So... Um, if, if if like if I'm making a decision, I leave Chambers in there. I I, I think it will do wonders for him. Um, and 
you know, who, who are we to say does it send a bad message to the dressing room? I don't. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. If you, if if you've got, uh, yeah, that's that's a tough question. It's a <laughs> tough you, question, and I I think the circumstance of how Chambers actually got the start at the weekend probably plays into it. So if Kanza had been dropping stinkers for the last four or five mm. weeks and Chambers was put in there and played well and then Kanza then came back in. But but I I don't think that's been the case. But um arguably you could you could say that it would have sent a bad message to the dressing room after Kanza got his two match banned for his red card and then got straight yeah. back into the team once he came back as well. So I don't know. I don't know. As you say, I, I don't care who I don't really care who starts. I, I probably think, though, that Steven Gerrard puts Kanza back in there because uh, of the Kanza Mings partnership. But uh, once again, as I said, it's, good. it's, it's, it's a, good, a good problem to have, you know, having mm. two people there. Because, I, think, I, think the dressing room, I think the dressing room is, is solid enough. I think, I think we've got a lot of guys, a lot of big characters sitting on the bench at the moment who don't seem to be whinging. So uh, that, that's a big thing for me. If you've got the likes of Buendia, Bailey... These are huge characters to be sitting on the bench. And I think we're obviously doing a very good job with these guys because there doesn't seem to be any soundings coming out of the dressing room. Mm. Thanks very much for the super chat, Voice of the Villains. Uh, Voice of the Villains says, Mings and Chambers can't do it every week, Kanza in. I don't know if they can't do it every week, but uh, I uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kanza come in there again either. Mm-hmm. Um what else do we have here? Um, there's something else I wanted to talk about, Paddy, and I can't remember what it is. It's been a long, long day and a long week, but there was something else <laughs> I wanted to bring up with your good self. Uh, I can't remember how it is. We talk about the North Stand. Uh, God, I can't remember. No, it's not going to come to me. It looks like we're going to have to do another podcast. We might, we might be back on again about eleven o'clock, lads. If I remember what I need to tell Paddy, um, <laughs> it must be very important. Oh, if we're going to do another what podcast. I to, <laughs> what I wanted to ask him, yeah, but it's uh, it's it's not going to be now. Um, right, so guys, I suppose it's we're going to be back tomorrow with a team sheet tantrum again for the Leeds yeah. game. Team sheet tantrum starting at what six fifty. Um, when the team should be announced, it's an eight o'clock kick is it? I think it's seven forty-five. Either way, we'll be doing the team anyway, no matter where we are. So, yeah, seven forty-five. So it's uh six thirty. Well, we got six thirty-five. Six thirty-five um, kickoff. So, uh, just just sure want to give it a, a big shout out to Kieran O'Callaghan, who I had the pleasure of his his company on Saturday for. A couple of points before the game in the whole suite, and it was lovely because we interact with Kieran every week, and he comes he comes on and chats to mm. us, and we've actually had yeah, him on the podcast in the past. He's young lad, and, it was a great podcast too as well. Yeah, and and if yeah. if you're not already subscribed and have a look for B Six Ben, um, two two guys are in great form. We had a good chat myself and Stephen, so uh, it's great to finally meet guys that you interact with on the podcast after all this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I met many um, of them on Saturday, but by, by the time I met some of them, I was in a deteriorating state. But I got a few hugs and a, and a few uh, pats on the back and, and, and lads talking to me, especially in the Sacred Heart. So if you did pat me on the back, I apologize for, for not knowing who you were and, <laughs> and not remembering either because I, I, let's, let's just say I was a little bit merry. That's all, that's okay too. If you can't can't celebrate a four 0 win, when can you celebrate? <laughs> Ray O'Connor asks another question here, Paddy, and we leave it on this one. Here's the question: Name a better individual performance than Coutinho against Southampton. 
Benito Carboni versus um, you, oh Jesus versus Leeds versus Leeds <laughs> yeah um, and, and we just we just want to address that because uh, they say never fall in love with a lone player and Carboni was the last lone yeah, player yeah that's why I brought him up <laughs> <laughs> and I was at that game against Leeds as well and oh my god he just he just he, he similar to Coutinho he, he just had that vision of dropping into a, a quarterback position where he always had the ball <clears throat> he was just an incredible player um, and on Saturday, I fell hook, line, and sinker in love with Coutinho. The man is just unbelievable, absolutely incredible. Um, all all the players, some of the players didn't come over to the kids before the game, and there was, there was nothing stopping him. A fella gave him a shout. He came over. He took pictures with all the kids. Um, another shout out to uh, Tim Irogbunum, who taught me how to pronounce him? the name. He taught I was me how to pronounce to say, the name. Did you ask him how to pronounce it? I did. <laughs> So he, he had he had a good laugh at that question, but uh, now we know how to say it. Irug Boonham. He puts the emphasis on the boo. <laughs> Irug Boonham. Okay. Well, at least See, you know, I'm not uh, drunk, Neil. I was able to pick up that much information. Yeah, well, I'll ask Stephen. I make sure that Stephen can corroborate yeah. that evidence. And he, he, uh, so I'll, he's I'll not he's not young Tim anymore. He's he's Tim Irug Boonham. Irug Boonham. Irug Boonham. <laughs> And now we've only got another what six or seven players we need to figure out how to pronounce their names correctly. Uh, so we're getting there. We're making. We're getting there. Uh, the next time, I'll, the next time I'll ask Kearney. <laughs> yeah, God do please, please do. Um, right, lads, we're going to leave it at that. It's uh, just after 10, 10 p.m. here in Ireland, but we will be back tomorrow at what do we say six thirty-five with a team sheet tantrum. Um, as I say, we'll go down through the team sheets of Aston Villa and Leeds tomorrow. So, um. If you guys are around, we'd absolutely love to have you join. Bring your comments and uh, let's get a small bit. Um, <laughs> let's get a small bit of uh, buzz going before the game against Leeds tomorrow. Could be a big one. Could be the first time that we've won three in the bounce in quite a while. Um, but you know, don't want to take any for granted against Leeds, who are resurgent under Jesse Marsh because they're an unknown entity and they are playing at home as well. So, um, so that is something to bear in mind. But thanks so much everybody for joining really means a lot if you could just hit the like button on the, on this on youtube the thumbs up button really really helps us out and if you know of anybody who might want to join us tomorrow for the team sheet tantrum tell us tell them about our podcast our retweet our uh our tweet uh to let the world know but uh thanks so much to everybody for everything you do that's going to do for tonight and we'll see you again tomorrow and all that's left to say is up the villa up the villa Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.